Experimentation. What is it? Well, at its core, it's a way for us to test our ideas. From those ideas, we'll either succeed or we may fail. But either way, we get to learn. That's the topic we're talking about today. Hi, I'm Raf Dolanowski, and this is Click Next to Continue. Welcome, everyone, to another podcast of Click Next to Continue. Uh, today's going to be an interesting topic. Uh, it's going to be all around experimentation. But before we get too far into that, uh, our guest today is Matt Smith. Welcome back. Hello again, Raf. It's uh, always a pleasure uh, having you on the podcast, and I really do enjoy our chat. So uh, today's topic, um, as I mentioned, is going to be a bit of an interesting one. And, and this was a conversation we were having um, just, I guess, a, a casual impromptu conversation. We thought, hey, hey, it might be good as a podcast. So what we're talking about is experimentation. Um, and, and I guess the, the context of that is experimentation and trying new things and I guess being able to develop yourself, grow yourself, um, and also, I guess, look at, well, you know, your work probably only gives you so much opportunity to do things on the peripheral and explore what potential you're better at or what you're more passionate about. So bit of an interesting topic, um, but it should be really good to talk about because at the moment, Matt, um, the catalyst for all of this, we're having a conversation and, and you're currently doing a bit of a an experiment uh, with, I guess, your career. Um, will that be mm. safe to say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what I'm doing, uh, I'm trying to answer the question I've been trying to answer for, I don't know, 20 years, which is what do I want to be when I grow up? Um, <laughs> but I think it's hard and especially kind of at this time when a lot of people maybe are losing their jobs or they're getting their hours restricted or they're kind of questioning what the future holds for them as well. You know, mm -hmm. where do we take our careers? And um, something I've, a couple of things I've been thinking about for quite a few years now and really interested in is um, the shift to kind of sm a small business. You know, we, we are dominated by mm -hmm. so many large corporations and I guess I've, I hope in the future we start to see things kind of shrink down uh, a little bit. I think technology has opened up a lot more opportunities for people. I think there's still a lot of barriers and blocks to certain segments um, of people all around the world. But um, I think there's there's opportunities to explore new things. And, and one thing that I'm experimenting with at the moment basically is trying to create a, a basically a portfolio career so trying to okay. generate income from a variety of different sources and, and methods is that i guess similar to what people would be um expecting to hear about if, if we're talking like the gig economy type stuff uh, I, I, yeah i guess so. i mean it, it depends so you could be a freelancer and you could um, be part of the gig economy and you could be you know let's say a graphic designer and you get graphic design jobs and fiverr and upwork so you're kind mm -hmm. of getting your your revenue from just a, a service model where you're someone pays you for a service and you provide that. I guess with a portfolio mm -hmm. career, if you think about in terms of like an investment portfolio, you'll have shares in a range of different um, investment options, so companies, but bonds and um, gold maybe and all, all sorts of other things, real estate. Um, so a portfolio career is kind of like that where you actually have a portfolio of you know income sources. I won't say jobs. Um, yeah. But what I guess the, the way I'm exploring it is um, so what I've done is I've I've got five thousand dollars and I'm I'm investing five thousand dollars into as many different ideas and activities and you know products and services 
I have this whole list of ideas that have just kind of been weighing on me for years and every day a new idea kind of pops up and there's a lot that I would like to try and it's hard to do that when you have a full-time job or you're running a business. So I want to yep. take the approach of um, tackling some of these things and some of these things won't ever, you know, generate enough money to support me. You know, they won't be able to pay the bills. Um, yep. So, but they'll be fun and they'll be exciting and I'll learn lots <laughs> from them. So. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get $5,000 and I'm going to do that. And and what I'm also going to do is I have a, have a website, 5K for Freedom, the five, the, okay. the number five, and I'm going to be basically blogging or documenting it and, and sharing the financials as well. So if anyone's interested in it, they can see my successes, my failures. They can see how much money I'm making or how much money I'm not making as well. And I just thought that, that would be a, an interesting one experiment to do and see if I can actually do it. I have no idea if I'm actually going to be able to, you know, be able to do this. I might be out looking for a job in, in two weeks' time. Yep. But it's worth giving it a go. <laughs> and I think if I am experimenting, I should be, you know, being as open and transparent about it as well. So I'm going to keep a regular, I'm going to you know, give people an access to a Google Sheet that has, you know, live financials of what I'm spending and what I'm earning. And uh, I'm also going to be putting it on the website and, and writing up, you know, how I'm approaching certain things, what the ideas are when they launch. So, yeah, you know, it's pretty scary doing it, putting yourself out there like that. But, uh, you know, hopefully maybe gives some other people ideas or inspires people to try it themselves too. Well, and that's, I guess, uh, probably the, the the really natural question for me to ask is you, you mentioned you've got, you know, a lot of ideas. How how have you come up with them? And and I guess how do you how do you validate of yeah th- this is actually an idea that that is worth kind of putting into this you know shortlisting it for the experiment. I imagine you know, if you've got three hundred ideas, there's there's potentially one hundred and fifty where you go yeah that these will definitely be something to test. How, how do you I guess form ideas? Where does the inspiration come from? And and how do you validate that they're worth chasing? I'll answer the the validate question first. I think okay it's it's for, for me i mean it's you don't know you don't know if something's going to work unless you do it so there's obviously going out and trying it in terms of picking what to try uh i don't have all the answers for this but for me it's it's what what kind of keeps coming back so i may have written something down from two years ago and thought it was a great idea right there and then but if i look at it today i go uh that's Dumb, you know, yeah. and the way I'm validating these isn't from you know what's going to make me a billion dollars, what's going to make me you know rich and have VCs investing in me. Um, I, I don't yeah. want to build a huge company. I don't want to hire lots of people. Really, uh, the reason why it's kind of five k for freedom, which kind of sounds like a fun run, it's a silly name, but it's the first domain name that was available, um, <laughs> is because to me it's about doing things that are interesting and fun like i I don't want to retire i like working um and i don't need to make huge amounts of money to be happy i just need to be able to pay the bills and feed and clothe my children and have a roof over their head and you know have enough money in the bank in case you know something breaks and and doesn't work Mm -hmm. or there's a you know another pandemic um so Mm -hmm. i just want to be able to do lots of things i've got lots of different interests and i think being stuck in doing one little thing would drive me crazy over time. I also don't want to go and work for a big corporation. As you know, kind of bureaucracy drives me insane. <laughs> so um, th- this is just my, my way of being able to, you know, see if I can kind of design my own career really, doing all the different things I, I want to do. And that might involve setting up some businesses or it might just be doing, you know, providing services that I enjoy doing. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and I guess to, to the... To the- 
the other part of that question, yeah, so we've done the validation, but yeah, I guess like yeah. th- there's, you mentioned there's that, you know, something popped up beforehand and then kind of, you know, I'd either come back to it and go, yeah, it's still a valid idea. Is there, I guess, a, a bit more of an evolution of ideas that you've seen? And, and I guess, you know, what what's the process of, I mean, you know, I, I imagine people have a lot of ideas, but they're, they're probably mm. too, they're not confident in them to kind of try yep. or like, how do you get to that confidence point? Well, I can't answer that because I'm not confident in any of them, to be honest. <laughs> um, even if I think something's really fantastic and I would love to, um, you know, have that product or that service, I'm, I'm you, you still... Uh, depends on i guess on your personality really but uh, for me i'm i'm still kind of stricken with doubt and think this this is terrible this is i'm going to push this out into the world and people are going to laugh at me and think i'm an idiot and um not only will this thing fail but it's also going to stop me from doing anything else cuz everyone's going to lose complete respect and faith in me at all um so you know those thoughts are there and you start catastrophizing and you start really worrying about that but you need to push through it so the way i'm kind of structuring this is is trying to just prioritize getting started and pushing forward and trying things and not mm-hmm. um you know not giving up before you've tried um but then at the same time not being too stubborn and just sticking with something and trying to make something that's not working work and one of the rules I've set for myself um, is, you know, if, if I'm not having fun with it or if I'm not learning from it, then get rid of it. Even if it's making a little bit of money, get rid of it and, mm-hmm. and prioritize something else because it's it's really about just how do, how do you create a career that you really want to, you know, get something out of and feel meaningful for. Um, in terms mm-hmm. of generating the ideas, you know, there's the the simple things like what are the, the problems and the pain points that you're experiencing every day? You know, how, if you think about like what's annoying you, during the week, think how could I make that better? What sort of you know business or product or service could I create to um, you know get rid of that pain point for people? So that's that's one idea. Um, the, another one is you know where does your passion come from? So obviously there's mm-hmm. going to be a couple of different things that I want to do in the L and D space. Um, you know, and, and one of those I've I've, I've written a, a book and I'm kind of in the process of editing it. I have another idea book that I've kind of outlined that are all very L&D um, focused. So I want to be able to do those and okay. I want to experiment wow. with um, self-publishing those and, and you know, maybe getting a publisher would be a safer, better option and you get more publicity and more um, guarantees of making some money from it. But I kind of want to go through that, see what, you know, publishing and marketing a book's like as well and designing your mm-hmm. own cover and all that sort of stuff. So there's all these different exciting avenues to um, make money and, you know, I, th- I think it's um, sometimes we, we we sell ourselves short if we just lock ourselves into one specific thing, if we don't want to just do that. So, yeah, I'm really, really keen to explore how, uh, you know, if, if it could work. So I guess one of the questions is is, is obviously at the moment you, you've got this project and, and, and this project, I guess, is a, is, is, is a set of circumstances that allowed you to sort of do this. But there's probably a lot of people out there that are currently in, you know, full-time work or, or they're mm. freelancing, they're part of the gig economy. And, and I guess how do you, I guess, look at segmenting the time into something that, you know, could potentially um, allow you to develop yourself in, a, in, a, in something that aligns with, I guess, what you're doing? So I guess kind of taking baby steps towards this portfolio career where mm. maybe it's like, you know, starting one stream and then getting comfortable with that and developing another one, another one. Like how 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 can people I guess slowly migrate across and well yeah I think um and you know just 
say I'm not an expert on this because I haven't, uh, I'm just starting and I haven't succeeded yet. Uh, but I guess my, my thoughts are you, you can do things after hours, obviously, or if you're in a position, you can go from full-time to part-time to find opportunities. Um, I think you can also, you know, explore things as hobbies as well. I'm not a really big fan of kind of this idea around like everything has to be monetized. Like, you know, you have to have a side hustle and you have to turn your hobby and your passion into um, something that you make money from. I think, you know, there is a reason that we have hobbies and I think it's good to keep hobbies, you know, away from the stress and the complication of trying to monetize it and make money from it and, you know, take the joy out of it. So if, if there are Think about what your skill set is and, and what you really enjoy and think about kind of what you're doing day to day. Are there things in and around that that could offshoot into different services? You know, what are the, what is the wisdom that you've developed over the years doing what you do that could kind of be packaged up into something maybe you could sell? You know, maybe you make a, um, a little kind of online course as a bit of a taster or maybe you make a little ebook or uh, something like that that you put out into the world just to get a, a bit of a sense around if there's an interest in it uh, mm-hmm. you know start maybe writing about what you're doing or you know podcasting or just start talking about those things and maybe opportunities will present themselves one mm-hmm. of the things that I want to do is is do a bunch of things that don't and you know initially make me money and maybe I don't even plan to make money from them um but even just that activity itself might you know open up opportunities for other things or just by doing things sometimes you know doing something will help you realize another idea or opportunity you know there's always stories like you know slack was created because they built a messaging platform to talk while they were developing a game um so there's there's all those things that you might start off something and then completely you know, change direction or pivot to something else. So maybe one of the things to ask is, and this is kind of going to be a an interesting question because thinking about our working environment, what often happens is you get put into a role and then I guess the expectation is you just kind of keep doing that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's two parts to that. There's one, the assumption is that you have arrived at that role because that's like what you're really good at, what you're really passionate about. But it also kind of runs on the assumption that there's nothing else you can be good at. So, you know, I'm a graphic, let's say I'm a graphic designer and my role is graphic design. I might actually be a super talented um, public speaker. But usually when I'm hired as a graphic designer, my job is doing that. And there's there's no, I guess, opportunity to kind of diversify and show my skill set. Why, why do you think organizations aren't really looking to give people opportunities to do more experimentation? Yeah, I think it's it's... It's risk. It comes down to risk. You know, um, experiments don't always work. I think experiments have more long-term um, upside than they do in the short term generally. Um, so if you think about like great innovations in, in companies, you might run a couple of, you know, experimentation projects and they might result in a new product or service for that business or a new way to become more efficient or, or do better work. And that will be have great long-term value, but there's a short-term impact there because you're taking people away from their, their day-to-day job. I think it's, it's going to be so important. This is one of the reasons why I think um, – there'll be more of a focus on smaller businesses as, as we go forward because big businesses have problems moving quickly and innovating and they, they yep. just build yep. on top of what they have. Uh, you know, I, I think there should be things, and I know this happens in some places, but there should be things like if you have really smart, creative people, 
um, who have been in the business for a while, you, you should be giving them the options to have sabbaticals where they can go off and develop something that will benefit the organization that's outside of their job. Maybe they they write a great book that positions them as an expert, it's great PR for you, and you know they they build up a methodology or a framework that helps everyone in the business, or maybe they, you know create a new product of some kind or or even things like secondments and and getting people to swap in your teams like your example of a graphic designer who's great at public speaking well maybe that graphic designer can move into a um training role so Mm. you know and and do that for three or four months and then you know see how it goes and maybe that then inspires them to change their career Or, or maybe that that even inspires them to go, hey, well, now I've got these graphic design skills and these training skills. Maybe I go off and make my own graphic design school. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I think businesses should be doing that a lot more and looking at the the diversity that they have in the people that, that they've, they've got working there and the variety of skills and potential. And mm. I think it's a, it's a huge untapped asset that companies have is all these other skills and all this other potential that they're just not realizing or not providing opportunities for people to grow. And you know, that will help retain people as well. So I, I think smart businesses are, are doing that. And you probably hear stories of you know Silicon Valley probably doing that a little bit more maybe and maybe more, yeah, probably, I don't know. I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but... <laughs> I think that that's something that should be thought about uh, a great deal. And it's a short-term investment, but I think long-term it, it plays out pretty well. Yeah, it, it's kind of, you know, looking at that you've got an organization where there's, you know, a group of people that work there rather than a, a group of roles that kind of, you know, yep, so-and-so pigeonholed into it. And and maybe another question, this this might be a bit of a left of field. So a lot of organizations... Um, they they kind of outwardly talk about you know they're innovative and they're trying to be innovative and you know they're they're constantly looking for innovative ideas. Is innovation and experimentation different? And I guess in that context, um, if all these organisations are talking about how innovative they want to be, how come this experimentation? I guess how, why are they reluctant? I guess to to be experimentative versus innovative. Yeah, I, I think that the innovative label label is. Um really overused and you know I, I think it's like enterprise software companies saying that they're a great user experience you know if you're actively yep. talking about it and selling it you, you probably you're probably really not you know we've seen many terrible hr tech platforms that are say they've got a great user experience and uh yep. they're so overly complicated and terrible class leading yeah that's that's right that's right and you know to be fair in, in terms of work software that's a great user experience in terms of every other software that we use day to day um outside of work it's mm. terrible it's 20 years behind so and i think that's i think that sounds good you know when you when you say innovation it sounds good but then if you're running a services business for a client, um, clients don't necessarily want innovation as well. So mm. back to your question about the the connection with innovation and experimentation, I think you, you do need to have that room to experiment and try new things and definitely that room to be able to fail as well. And mm-hmm. so if you think about you know the advertising industry, clients would say they want innovation and they want um, really great creative ideas but then there's also a fear of ruining their brand. So they they don't want to take too many chances. And yep. of course, there's examples where brands have, have taken massive chances and they've paid off 
um, in, in really great ways. Uh, but there's this fear of, well, if we try something new, what if it goes wrong? Um, will we be able to recover? And uh, so they, they miss out on, you know, pushing pushing their brand forward or getting new customers. Yeah, I think so. And, and kind of, you know, reflecting on companies that I guess do experimentation and innovation really well. Um, like I, I look at all the companies that say Elon Musk has kind of had, like he started out with PayPal. He, he was a software guy. And if X amount of years ago, he told someone, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Part of my plan is I'm going to one, launch astronauts into space. And then two, I've got a long shot plan of sending people to the moon. Like who in their mind would have looked at that? Well, but you're a software guy. Well, like, what are you talking about? And I think you, you look at kind of that and, and that willingness of, you know, just doing stuff that seems like a good idea. And then in a lot of cases landing in some cases failing mm. versus I guess some of the sort of rigid, like I think, you know, the car industry is one industry that really shows that they're not willing to experiment. That That's, that's why I think, you know, the car industry at the moment is in quite a dire situation across many, many brands and well-established brands for years, because there hasn't been this drive to really experiment um, everyone talks about innovation, but it, it's just kind of like these incremental tweaks and it's it's doing enough innovation so you can talk about it rather than actually doing something quite revolutionary and experimenting it and finding out how to move forward. So, um, yeah. and, you know, you've, you've got to cut your car. The car industry is really interesting because we always see, and you know way more about cars than I do, but always see like these prototypes um well i think they have a different name for them but these kind of these um yeah, these models cars. that concept cars that's what i was looking for that will come up with these concept cars and they'd have no intention of of building stuff out and and maybe they see it i don't know i'm not in the industry maybe they see it as a bit of a experimentation you know what could we do if we did this and maybe there's things they learn from that that they then apply to kind of their, their standard models um but they they do it as this way of I guess showing what's possible and and trying to think of um, new things. So mm. you know maybe I I don't know maybe you know more about about this. Why, why do they make concept cars? I think you know it it's probably shifted um, over the years. I think a while ago it was sort of like a hey here's the car of the future and here's something we want to make. Now a lot of companies are, are looking at concept cars as as kind of like a, a design mood board. So if you look at, I guess, when a company launches a concept car, it is like everything they want to be moving into the future, but like cranked up to 11. So the styling is at 11 and the technology is at 11. And then basically what they're saying is, is here's our design philosophy. And then moving forward, their models are bollowed from that. So, you know, they take on mm. 30%, 40%, 50% of that design philosophy. Um, but, but again, yeah, that there's never this really clear, like, it's kind of like, here's what we can do and we can do it because we've done it as a concept car. And usually, you know, there, there may be feasibility issues, but there's never that real kind of, you know, getting excited about a concept car. Cause even if they do a concept car for a particular model, like, Hey, here's the new Mazda three, you kind of go, yeah. And by the time that hits production, it'll be watered down to something that is vanilla fits the mold of kind of expectation and, and doesn't. Mm doesn't take on that risk of being different because there may be consumer backlash and there's been quite a lot of investment into getting this thing off the ground. So, you know, yeah. that risk aversion of, hey, people are buying the current one. If we change like 2% in the new one, they'll probably keep buying it. If we change it really fundamentally, they might stop buying it. 
Mm. And whereas from a you mentioned Elon Musk before, back to back to Tesla, really, um, it, the difference seems to be that he just doesn't really care, and so he yeah. is basically <laughs> just, just making just making his concept cars, and he he comes out with the Cybertruck, and everyone makes fun of him, and he just doesn't doesn't care, and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to yep. push it out, and I think he's he's probably developed uh, a thicker skin, and and realizes you know no one's really. Um, believed in a lot of the things that he's tried and no one said you can yep. create these really high-end electric cars and run a spaceship company and a solar company and blah 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 so yeah. i think he's kind of at the point where he's just yep every you know let's create kind of this brand new thing and it'll be an innovation and everyone will just follow us and um i think it's working for him i think tesla's now worth more than all the other car companies combined aren't they all the yeah, main ones that it, it's yeah. it's i think recently you know that they, they surpassed kind of i mean he surpassed all the other car sort of companies but like his own expectation he's getting to the point he's starting to mock the stock market around his share price and he's just like it, it's not worth this much but okay whatever mm. yeah. but i think and that, and that you know i think you know for people listening um that you know thick skin is kind of helped by quite a, a substantial i guess financial backing but how how can you develop like that thick skin and that tolerance to hey some of this stuff like when I when I start off, people are gonna go, you're crazy. And the reason people will probably say hey you're crazy or this won't work is because there's nothing else out there. And it's kind of a funny one because most of the things that we see that kind of you know um, are super successful and they end up working, they revolutionize the space come from, well, there's nothing like it and, and now there is. Someone's really gone off in a different direction. You look at, you know, Facebook when Zuckerberg was starting that off, there wasn't anything like that. He was trying something else and over time that evolved. You look at mm. Twitter. 20 years ago, if we went, hey, I've got this idea, what's going to happen is you're going to just post stuff to the universe mm. in 140 characters or less or now I think speech tweets. Mm-hmm. People were like, but who's listening it's like mm-hmm. everyone and no one. It's like, that's yeah. a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. And hey, look at that. It's it's kind of worked. It's kind of, you know, being able to push that through. How do you develop that, I guess, thick skin to be able to build up to that point? Yeah. And and just on that, there's there's plenty of ideas that sound that they're great and they just fail too. And the mm. the other the part of the other part of that is, you know, an idea is pretty worthless if if you don't do anything with it. You need good execution behind it. So you know, you could there could be three hundred Elon Musk's floating around the world right now, coming up with all these these ideas, but they're not good enough to they're not good enough at executing, and they can't build the team together. They can't raise funding. Yep. They can't you know present and communicate their their ideas well. So there's that part of it too. And and so to to answer your question, that's that's relevant. Um, you know, like I said, I I have all these these fears and concerns and it's i'm quietly freaking out about all the different things i i want to do and you've got to put yourself out there to you know promote these things or do these things um and some of them are really uh silly ideas um uh i heard something very smart from a smart guy called david c baker recently and um he defines confidence uh always says where does confidence come from it comes from either deeply held beliefs or options Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you have lots of options available to you, uh, you know, if you have 17 job offers, you're really confident in in your career and, you know, you can negotiate and pick and choose and you've kind of got that confidence or mm-hmm. deeply held beliefs, which are either 
maybe you're delusional and you yep. think you can, uh, you know, you've got the Dunning-Kruger effect going on and you think you can do something you can't or you, you've developed those deeply held beliefs over time um, through experience and reinforcement, through doing good work and being rewarded for that good work, through promotions or, you know, building businesses or praise or whatever as well. So I, I think about that kind of definition uh, a lot as well. And I think it's, it, it pays to be able to go back and look at your successes. I'm the type of person that's more, and, and I know you are too, more inclined to look back at your failures and more yep. focus on like, what could I have done better? And How can I, I think, improve? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to be able to go back and, and look at, well, what were what, what are my strengths? What, what did I do well and how do I use those as well? Uh, but then the other thing that's, kind of keep that i keep using to myself is i just i just don't know it comes back to experimentation i don't know if it's going to work or if it's going to be stupid I, I could i could come up with what i think is the dumbest idea but it's funny enough that i want to try it and i try it and then you know i i i have a vc calling me from silicon valley and says i want to i want to buy your company um mm. for a million dollars you know you, you don't know so and then uh, i'm sure there'll be things that i think are going to be really really great and then it's going to be crickets Mm. So I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd be, yeah, push yourself to start. Yeah, and I think you know that that getting yourself to start. I think sometimes there's there's probably a fear of well, it's going to take a lot of effort to start. Um, and, and it sounds like you know a lot of these ideas are something that's relatively quick to sort of get off the ground. And until you try it once, you sort of don't don't I guess have the confidence to try it. And I think that's kind. Of, you, you see a lot of um, you know articles and interviews and stuff with with people who have had successful startups. And usually what happens with them is they have a successful startup and then from there on, they kind of just have more successful startups. Mm-hmm. And it's potentially not so much to do that they're just constantly having great ideas. It's just they've got that that confidence to, to try, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of people are kind of reserved and don't have that confidence to try. And I think, you know, just taking the step and seeing where it goes and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, invest millions of dollars into it as, yeah. as we're kind of, you know, going to be following yeah. along your experiment. They, yeah. They, um... They, they have that confidence because they've built it up, but they also have the network of people as well. And they also have a lot yep. of um, connections and things like that, which, you know, is a great privilege to have and is, is you know, really, really helps them um, kind of get ahead. I've been following the progress of um, Hey.com, which is a new uh, a new email service by mm-hmm. the, the, the company Basecamp. And they've just launched that. And I've been looking at um, kind of, they're getting feuds and there's, criti- there's always open criticism around what they're doing. And they're trying something very new uh, with email yep. from, from what it looks like. And um, one of the tweets I saw was, um, or it might even been a LinkedIn reply. Someone said, um, they were talking about, it was a newspaper article or something talking about how successful the launch has been. And, and someone replied, yeah, but they have a huge audience you know, of course, they're going to be successful. And and one of the founders kind of replied and said, yeah, but we've spent 20 years building that audience. And yeah. I, I think it comes back to that kind of just starting is you're, you're never going to have the same benefits as these people who have started these startups and built new ones and the network of people if you don't take those initial steps. Um, mm. So you, you need to start, you need to do things and you meet new people if you have some successes, you know, you'll have people that will want to work with you in different ways. If you try something exciting and, you know, it just resonates with one person and doesn't make any money, that one person could end up being someone that wants to work with you or wants to hire you as well. So, 
yeah, I, th- I think it's 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 worthwhile to just just push yourself and get yourself out there. And you know, the byproduct, the I guess the worst case scenario is you you learn something, which is yeah, definitely yeah yeah. And uh, so I, I think it's yeah, it's 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 this is a very interesting topic, and I think you know hopefully. Um, it does kind of push people to start sort of thinking about, hey, you know, how do I do a bit of experimentation, be it on a, you know, uh, a big scale of kind of going, yeah, I'm, this is where I'm putting all my eggs in the basket or, or starting to sort of chip things off. Um, just to recap, so for people following on, what's the what's the website for your uh, experiment? The web, uh, the website is the number five, so five and the letter K, four, F-O-R, freedom, um, dot com, sorry. Probably awesome. should add that in there. Yeah. Yep. No. That's a, <laughs> um, and, and from there, obviously, if, if anyone has any any questions uh, for Matt or if they they kind of follow along, and and you know, uh, I think we've always said that we're very approachable. So if people were kind of seeing your ideas unfolding and they want to talk about them, obviously, you'd be more than happy for them to have a bit of a chat. Um, and and as always, uh, if you have any sort of thoughts, questions, feedback on the podcast, um, please do share them via the various social media channels. If you have an idea for a topic as well, feel free to to kind of um, share that with us because we're we're quite interested, in, I guess, addressing the, the topics that are um, you know right there in people's minds. Uh, Matt, been a pleasure chatting with you. I'll be uh, watching what you're up to very closely, and and hopefully you know um, some of these ideas will be you know the, the new Twitter. But I think that perspective of the purpose of this being is to just kind of create an enjoyable way of living i think that's that's really cool so uh, i i do thank wish you. you all the best thank you very much and i'd also just say for if people haven't seen check out raf's linkedin because he's been very very busy and you released your common sense accessibility guide um yeah. you've also had an article published in the australian institute of train development magazine recently as well so you've been a very busy boy uh, if you haven't connected with raf on linkedin connect with him on LinkedIn. Oh, you're making me blush. Good thing this is a podcast. Uh, Thanks again, everyone. Have a lovely rest of morning, afternoon or evening. (laughs) Good night. Click next to continue.